in my eyes at 6.58 I got a little over an hour to live it up before you wake Put tretinoin on my toothbrush and Colgate on my face I guess it's gonna be that kind of day Listening to the sunset tree dangerously loud and repeat Doing my best to become deaf by 17 I had a dream your screams were Israel's trumpets And I was the wall of Jericho I crumbled with a single blow eyes promptly at eight with a skull splitting migraine and a face melting hate you put bourbon in your coffee and bacon on your plate i guess it's gonna be that kind of day watching the local news all the tragedies repeat you recognize the same b-roll they aired last week i had a dream that you were inside the ark of the covenant and i was indiana jones you turned the nazis into bones like the acid rain that creeps through the long neglected faults in our window pane. The same blood that sets your fist like a stagnant puddle is crawling through my veins. I can't escape. Out here in Broome County, in the bowels of the valley of opportunity You haven't held a job since Um, well, I'm, I'm not really sure that you ever had a job And I might not stand up to you But I keep a packed up old bag in my car And I might not ever leave you But I sure know what you are To tell you the truth Every sip you take turns you more and more into a great disgusting ape. You'll have a headache in the morning, and I will be blamed for it, but that's okay. To tell you the truth, every sip you take turns you more and more into a big repulsive ape. A fifth of whiskey and you'll faint, and I'll drag you to your cage, but that's okay. That's okay. If I in this godforsaken house for one more day I'm afraid that I'll end up like Vina Fey Ray If I had my way, it would have been you was gunned down in a pit at the Cincinnati Zoo. I'm going to the Congo. Welcome to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, let me start with this. You go by Darth Nader, uh, obvious Star Wars references aside. Uh, yes. What what made you decide to, to go by that? Um, aside from the pun, actually, I didn't even think of it. It uh, goes back, it's probably 12 or 13, and I had this buddy 
um, that would come up with nicknames for me. Like one was, um, cause my name is Nate. So one was Nader tots. Um, there was Terminator and then Darth Nader. I think were the three that all, I remember most. All three are really fun though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My name rhymes with a lot of stuff, so it's fun. Um, so that was, that was always my favorite one. And when it came time that I started getting into, I mean, I've been playing music a long time, but when I started putting out my own stuff, um, that just kind of, you know, was always there, kind of popped into my head. And then actually I thought it was kind of goofy. So I switched it for, when I was in high school, I put out some instrumental music before I started singing and I went by the name Coffee Eyes. Um, I was trying to be like more serious. Um, and then I kind of, when I started college, I was like, now nah, let's go back to Darth Nader. <laughs> Well, I think it's a good choice. <laughs> Thanks. It sticks in people's heads, right? Coffee Eyes is a little generic, like. Yeah, it's like it's sort of like an emo band name, maybe. Coffee Eyes. I don't know. Or Darth Nader. You're oh no, Coffee Eyes. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of an emo band, but yeah. Well, that's actually that's one of the things that I like. Um, is that your your music kind of has it? It does have that, but it's also kind of tongue in cheek, a little bit cynical <laughs> and sarcastic. Um, was that was that something you intended to do or did that just sort of happen? Well, I mean, both, I guess. I mean, I think it's just part of my personality, kind of my sense of humor um, that I was born with, or I think I get it a lot from my dad. So I guess that's not intentional, but then I kind of, you know, channel that intentionally. Right. You know, because I, I mean, I have some more serious, like straight songs, but I just really like um, a lot of my influences are similar to that too, the, the stuff that I gravitated towards listening to, so. Yeah, and who are some of the influences that you have? Um, my biggest ones, ooh, like the Smiths, Morrissey. Um, Which, actually, that's interesting because I was listening to um, People Are Animals today. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the songs, the song The Lowland Gorilla, yeah. the, the guitar intro to that, I was like, did Johnny Marr write this? Because it really <laughs> reminded me a lot of some of the Smiths. Yeah. Which I think in a good way. I mean, I think the yeah, guitar yeah. is really good. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, also, um, if you're familiar with the Mountain Goats, they're probably my other biggest influence. Yeah, I can hear, like, your lyrics uh, and the <laughs> way that you sing, I can really tell that from your from your new album. Yeah, I would say Johnny, I mean, I love Morrissey. I think my favorite part of the Smiths is definitely Johnny Marr. Um, I think his guitar work is so underrated. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he never, he doesn't take solos. It's just really well-written stuff. Yeah, and, um, that's 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 something that sort of I, you kind of invoke in your albums. Um, there, the guitar, like it's there aren't really a lot of solos, but it's really really good guitar work. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I mean that was my main. I started playing guitar when I was eight. Oh wow! Um, I didn't even I didn't start singing until I was like sixteen, eighteen, maybe. So I'm like you know always that's my primary thing is guitar, and I spent a long time. I mean, I took lessons for a long time, and it was all like. Um, like the guitarists that I took lessons from were all great, but it was all very like metal, like, um, which is great stuff too, but it's all like shredding. So I basically learned how to shred. And then I was like, I don't really like shredding that much. Yeah. <laughs> and then I learned, um, it's actually before I found the Smiths, it was probably my biggest like musical revelation. One of them, um, they're kind of a smaller band, but they're from the UK. They're called this town needs guns or they changed their name to TTNG now. Oh, okay. But I haven't heard like of them. I'll check math, them out. Math rock. Um, a lot of alternate tunings are like twinkly, kind of like if you, like American football type oh, okay. twinkle stuff. Um, I just really picked up on that because it's all it's uh, very technical, but 
it's clean you know it's almost right. like metal without the distortion oh that's awesome so you so speaking of you're a multi-instrumentalist uh was that out of necessity or did you just start picking things up or um i guess not necessity just like i wanted to i guess oh okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> i mean i was i've always been in bands um a lot of, i know a lot of people who play instruments and i've always liked being in bands but i also really like just um hanging out by myself and writing songs and stuff so i mean it's not a ton because i mean guitar and bass are similar i do banjo mandolin if it has frets pretty much yeah um other than that i mean a little drums my drums are actually all um programmed like on the computer so oh well that's that's i, a I have it i have a drum kit back there but it sounds like crap so i don't use it <laughs> well like, so all yeah so you just play anything with frets basically yeah yeah Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, it takes talent to be able to do that. Like I'm, I'm trying to learn bass and I've learned that I suck at it, but I'm working on it. So <laughs> yeah. And I mean, key, well, I like, I, um, I'm very grateful. My guitar teacher taught me like a ton of music theory. Um, he was very heavy on that. So, you know, I can, I'm not like good at piano, but I can, I mean, piano is basically just like music theory laid out on a plane. So. Right. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. So what's your songwriting process like? I mean, you do you start with the music? Do you start with the lyrics? Is it kind of just inspiration or? Um, it's different for different songs. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I usually don't start with drums. I rarely start with bass, but there's a couple tunes that I did start with bass. Um, so usually it's like a guitar riff or um, lyrics. And I don't, I never write like melodies first because I'm not that good at writing melodies. But so it'd always be like, I'll have either lyrics and then make a guitar riff and then put a melody to the lyrics. Okay. Or I'll just have a guitar riff and then I'll sing nonsense words and write a melody. And then I'll like fill in um, actual lyrics to fit those syllables. Oh, okay. Which is, I think, a lot of way, I think a lot of people do that. I'm just reading about other people's processes. Yeah, I think that is. Um, I was actually watching a video. Apparently, most pop songs start with the drum beat, so that's kind of <laughs> interesting that they do that. But yeah, I think the way that you write is pretty, you know, pretty good, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so, what was the inspiration behind "People Are Animals"? Um, your newest album. Was it just interacting with people, or? Um. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to write more. Um like cohesive concept like not conceptual as much as like a high level concept but more just all pertaining to you know a theme almost like a theme album okay um and there was actually the band that i mentioned earlier this town eats guns has an album called animals and each one is a different name okay but it has nothing to do with the content of the song basically they were in this like they had all these they were using animals as working titles like a band they write a riff or they write a song, but they can't think of a name, but they need to refer to it as something instead of just, oh, let's play that one with the thing, right? So then a lot of times bands will just make working titles. And so they just started naming them all animals. And when the time got to give them actual names, they just didn't feel like it. Okay. Like, I love that album, but I was like, there's so much potential here, like lyrically, because um, I love their musicianship, but I mean, it's not like the best lyrics in the world. And I really like to focus on lyrics. So I kind of took an album that I really liked and that just kind of inspired me to, you know, push that, but with a lyrical theme rather than just kind of, it was kind of irrelevant. Like it could have been any 
group of things they could have named those songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, re- I really like your newest album. I, I've listened to it a couple of times. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, and actually, one of the things um, that I kind of picked up today, and I don't know if it if they're another uh, influence, um, but the African Elephant song made me think of uh, Bright Eyes, sort of when you got a little screamy at the end. Uh, I get that comparison a lot. I've never been a Bright Eyes fan, but like I, I hear it so much, I got to start listening. I did listen to... Uh, I can't remember the name of the album. It starts, the first track is like him telling a story about a woman on an airplane. Do you know that one? Um, hmm. I think it's I'm, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. Is that okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. I've listened to that. Do you have any recommendations? Are you a Bright Eyes fan? Um, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, but no, I remember like, yeah, in yeah. my high school days, you know, in that emo phase, I listened to them a little yeah. bit, but or I guess him more than them. But um, there is another band that it kind of reminded me of called the Honorary Title, and they're defunct now, but um, they're probably 10 years ago. They came out with a couple albums, so maybe check them out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Uh, So you produce all of your albums yourself. Yeah, that's just out of necessity because I don't sell very many and can't. It doesn't make sense for me to go into a studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I, I've listened to all of them uh, so far, and the production quality of them is incredible for just doing it yourself. Oh, thank you. I mean, much. even for going into a studio, it's really good. Like, So doing it yourself, I'm really impressed with your ability I to, to make a, a really lush sound with just kind of hanging out by yourself doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean it's the technology, like what a kid like me can do today is probably equivalent to like 30 years ago in a top of the line studio. So that helps so much. Like I'm so glad I was born in this time (laughs) in the world. (laughs) That does help being able to just pull out your laptop and record something and have it sound pretty good. Yeah. But especially with like software plugins, like you can get, people are putting out freeware, like software plugins that emulate the type of technology. It would be like thousands of dollars in the eighties, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Which is cool. It's It's a good time. Yeah. So do you have any any specific gear that you that you use or just kind of Um yeah, I mean I have my laptop. I use Cubase 5. I have I'm using it right now for this microphone, but oh. just a little two input interface. Um I have, you know, some KRK Rokits. Um I just got a new I I was using for the first uh, my first three albums I had a little really bad with gear names too i'm not a gearhead. <laughs> i just i like what gets the job done i think it's yeah. a pg something oh, i was like a, it's just a sure condenser mic oh okay um and then i just upgraded my mic because i got a full-time job and now i can buy things oh nice um <laughs> that's always so, helpful yeah, yeah so i got i just got a new mic but other than that i mean i record then i learned the environment is a big deal because for a long time i was um recording in a room with like hard floors and it didn't sound that great. And um, right now I, well, I think the last, I think just starting with people are animals. I started recording um, in my closet. I hang up blanket. I just go, I find all the blankets and pillows I own and get all my winter coats and hang them all up and just insulate the room as much as possible. Cause I'm, that's essentially what, what they're doing with, I mean, when you see studios with really expensive acoustic foam, like the same thing, Um, it just looks nicer. Yeah, but doing it the DIY way is kind of punk, so I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, Um, I mean, I'm a yeah, I'm happy with how they come out. So I and I, I mean, I like having, not that I'm a control freak, but 
like I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just doing this for me. I don't have a huge following. Um, so I don't really see a reason for, I know a lot of friends, I have a lot of friends that go to studios and like they're doing EPs and stuff, which is cool. That's the other thing. I like long form albums. I'm not a huge EP fan. Right. So a lot of bands, they'll go into a really nice studio and record an EP first because like it doesn't make sense to spend more money when you don't have a fan base. Right. But I just do it because it's my favorite thing in the world. So, <laughs> Well, and that's the thing I do enjoy is that you, you do put out full albums as opposed to just like a four song EP. And I think a lot of bands are just working on the EPs now because it's it's quicker, it's easier. It's I make Yeah, it's nothing like that's totally fine. I get it. Um, I mean, especially with selling like nobody's buying albums anymore. So for a band like ground level, it's really hard to like, it doesn't make sense financially or to spend that much time and effort on something. Right. Um, unless you just really, really like it and want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I also really enjoy about people are animals is you are bringing back saxophone solos, which have been gone for too long. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, there's some in like pop music. I remember there's a like three years ago when, whenever foster the people got big, I think I saw them on SNL. They had a sax, and then um, I I like them. They're not my favorite, but the 1975. My girlfriend is a big fan, so we went to see them. And they, I think, on a couple songs, they had this guy come out and do a 80s saxophone solo. But it's, this is a different kind of saxophone solo, you know. Right. It's uh, my buddy Scott Pulecki. Actually, in high school, I was in a ska band. Oh, awesome! And um, yeah, we had two. Uh, <laughs> it's another sound that's very out of style. Uh, Which sucks because it's really great. <laughs> yeah, sax is a trumpet. And um, he went to music school. He's uh, he went to be a music teacher, so he's he's really good on the sax. And I just had him. I think on the the Penguin song, I had already written it. Um, I didn't have lyrics yet. I think that's the one. The Penguin song is interesting. Well, to me, I can't say it'll be interesting to you this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, the Penguin song. I was restringing my guitar, and um, it wasn't tuned up correctly. And my uh, E was was dropped down to like an A sharp, a B flat, whatever you want to call it. And um, I hit it and it, I mean, it was made like an alternate tuning with the other two. So then I just wrote a riff on that and recorded it just because I liked the way it sounded. And then he came in a couple weeks later and we were trying to figure out, oh, like what should we record? So I had him just lay down some stuff on that. And then I kind of based the lyrics around that. Sits on an entire species, speechless and freezing. 
beneath them lie you and I, seeking heat that's not fleeting. And through the glossy stereo comes the voice of Sir David Attenborough, describing their trials, surviving in style with feather tuxedos. features a lot of solos i think would be uh the honey badger song and that one um i actually just rewrote together so he was here just jamming i just started playing those chords and um he jammed for a long time and then i chopped it up and it was the oh i think the first track has some sax right yeah it does um, yeah there's like a really cool solo in there that one's yeah that one i love what he played but it just wasn't like fitting for me so i just like chopped it up a bunch because um, he had like just four minutes of soloing, so oh, wow. I just uh, Frankenstein to that one. Well, I love that moment too when it comes in, um, because it just sort of it's like almost a breakdown where it just stops and becomes this really kind of weird, but in a good way, um, solo. I'm glad that you like it. <laughs> yeah, that part's actually um, it switches time signatures there, and so I like five four a lot. That one, and then the bridge and the uh, Hermit Crab song are in five four. Um, that's when that uh, this town needs guns. Like a lot of math rock bands that I was into. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, and I also another thing. Uh, you make some some sort of pop culture references, like um, you know, a reference to Harambe, uh, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it was a lot more relevant when I wrote that, and then it took like a year to put it out. Yeah. So. <laughs> people, I mean, people still get a kick out of it at shows. Yeah, I did today because I was I was re-listening to the album. I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" <laughs> yeah, that actually, it's kind of uh, that. I think that was the first line I came up with, and then I was like, I built the narrative just start <laughs> getting to that final couplet. But I wanted, I mean, it had to be good to you. So, but for me, that was where it started, and then I was like, "How can I make an actual legitimate song around a Harambe reference?" Well, you succeeded because I really enjoy that song. <laughs> Um, so one thing I want to talk about is your last album, Junior, the song Y2K, which is one of my favorite songs just because yeah. it is so full of references to the 90s. And <laughs> and I, just remembering back, like, 
worrying, oh god, I forgot to rewind my my tape or yeah. all of that stuff. I just I really enjoy that song. Thank you. I uh yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's a lot of fun to play live too. Um it's simple cuz it's just guitar. Yeah. Um but yeah. Uh, when you when you first emailed me, you said that sophomore was what caught your attention. Yes. How did you? So how did you find me? Um, honestly, I just we uh, so we used to do this show a couple of years ago with with my friend who hosted it, and I was just going through Bandcamp looking for bands that I thought were interesting enough to maybe reach out to, mm-hmm. and I came across sophomore. And I was like, this is really cool because I loved the way that it was. You know, you have the sort of cynical comedy side, but it was the songs weren't just like funny just right. straight funny like they actually had some deeper meaning and i just I, I listened to all of it i was like this is actually really great and it also makes me laugh so that's why i wanted to get in touch with you it just took me like a year <laughs> to yeah. actually get in touch with you <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> yeah I, I mean i put the i guess it wasn't that long it feels like a longer time ago than it was um just because i've been writing a lot of songs but um yeah i was because i put that out um I think it was like early 2016, so it's not yeah, been... Yeah, it didn't make... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but I just, I put it out and um, I didn't like market it very well and not a ton of people heard about it. And um, I was like, oh, I guess I'll do better next time. I didn't think like anyone listened to it or noticed it. And then it's actually you contacted me about it. And then somebody else who heard my new album, but has gone back. And um, she said, that's like her favorite one too. And I was like, hmm, that just surprised me because... Well, I mean, it's yeah. a really good album. I don't know. I, I guess it's like people will listen to your new stuff and then go back to try to find like the greatest hits or something. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, Fred. No one has liked. I don't even like Freshman very much. It's. I was just kind of getting my feet wet. I guess figuring things out. It was the first time I ever sang. Uh, I mean, I, I'm attached emotionally to some stuff, but right for the most part, in my mind, my like junior was kind of where I really got things together like i like sophomore still a lot but there's a lot of i think it's i made it too long maybe and um there's kind of some fat that could be trimmed off going back but i never want to touch it. i'm not like george lucas that's right. going to go back and bastardize his original <laughs> stuff my well, philosophy is um i mean you can't be a perfectionist even if you get everything perfect now like two years down the road you're gonna change and then you're gonna it won't be perfect to you anymore right so my philosophy on albums is just Get it to where I'm really, really happy with it, and then I'll do better next time. Which is a good philosophy to have. I mean, it would be terrible if you, you know, went back and made Greedo shoot first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I, I don't get. I don't get that. Yeah. I don't. I don't either. But you know, we could talk about that for probably the next couple of hours, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which wouldn't make it interesting for a music show, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Well, Star Wars is great music. I mean, John Williams. That's true. I'm not apathetic. I'm just spoiled and conflicted. Now you know the truth of how I think my sick mind makes do. Do you believe in saving grace? The human race is all the same At least I hope so 
I haven't the time or care to know for sure. I'm caught between magnanimity and self-fulfilling prophecies. I'm torn between a bleeding heart and a futile view of things. Like lukewarm water smoldering and polar Is this a body bag or an amniotic sac? Is this a rapture or a heart attack? Am I a farmer or a swarm of locusts? Losing sight or gaining focus? Am I Cain or am I able to sacrifice or not? Am I the killer or the cop? Am I Abraham or am I a sodomite? I'm both at once And that's what makes me lose my mind Am I Jezebel? Or am I Magdalene? The sainthood or the sin? Well, I got both inside my skin Am I Abraham? Or am I a sodomite? It's simultaneous that's what makes me lose my mind That's what makes me wanna die That's what makes me feel alright Am I being taught or giving lectures Based in pixels or in vectors The rising or the fall Am I the fingers or the wall Am I a poet or a tax collector Philanthropist or feline burglar Is my presence poisonous Or am I someone you could trust or am I Magdalene, the sainthood or the sin? Well, I've got both inside my skin. Am I Adama, or am I Solomon, the sinner or the king? Am I the autumn or the spring? This pilot, I'll give you a hint. I've got one in each iris. That's what makes me. That's what makes me. That's what makes me want to die. That's what makes me. family and loved ones been supportive of your musical career or uh no they all hate it oh really no i'm just oh, kidding right. I was like, my, parents, my parents are the greatest um a lot of i mean uh that's how i mean i got into music my whole family is musical my dad um plays saxophone he actually played my dad is the one who plays on western lowland gorilla oh okay um, and then my, my buddy scott plays on the other ones um so my dad has always played the saxophone not always but as long as i've been alive um, my mom is a piano player and then, uh, my sister plays bass guitar. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I just grew, grew up around a lot of music. Um, and yeah, my, my parents are the best. They come out to every show no matter what. And, um, 
It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome um, to have a supportive yeah. base like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my girlfriend is supportive. It's kind of interesting with my girlfriend because we have very, very different tastes in music. So she'll just, like, I'm not, I don't care. She'll just straight up be like, I don't, she doesn't like my music. Like, she just doesn't like it. But she'll support it, which is what you want, right? Right. Like, she's my girlfriend. I don't expect her to be a fan. Um, especially we've been together, it'll be six years almost. So. Oh, wow. Um, we, we've been together since I, before I even released my first album. Um, but, you know, I want a girlfriend, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> that Which, that works better anyway. Yeah, yeah. But she's, you know, she'll come out to shows and she's the best so in producing your own albums have there ever been any any situations that have been really stressful in it or you know has it been sort of an easy process um it's easy in the sense that there's no one telling me what to do or like there's no expectations deadlines that kind of thing but then I'm, i kind of put my own pressure on myself i guess or i, I like to set my own deadlines because otherwise like when is it when is it going to get out right so for junior to force myself to make it out. I, before I had the album finished, I um, set up a release show. So that I'd be like, so by this date, this is my release show. I have to finish it because people are going to be there. (laughs) Um, And yes, I I got down to the wire. I had like, it was the final week before that I was really finishing things up. And I had to send, I actually, um, I mixed that one, but my friend mastered it. Cause I just didn't have the time. So I was sending, sending it over to him last minute oh. and that was pretty stressful. So I'm, I probably won't do that again unless I have to. Yeah. But, um, and then the night of, I, well, I'm in Buffalo, New York. So the night before there was like the worst snowstorm of the season, this was oh, in God. December. And, um, like, thankfully like a handful of people showed up, but like half the people that had said they would be there were all texting me the day of being like, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. Oh, man. I didn't. I think there was driving bands in some places. So it was, you know, you can't change that. But no, but that sucks though. Yeah, <laughs> that's Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. See, we don't get snow in Arkansas very often, so that's not an issue here. But I can imagine that that would be kind of tough to work around. Yeah, even just. I mean, it's. I like doing because I've been doing. Um, when I play out, I've just been doing acoustic. I have like a little loop pedal. I do some stuff. Um, but I haven't done like full band, any of this music before. And, um, I mean, I just, I like, it's nice this way. Cause I could just, you know, I just have my guitar and like a backpack and I can just show up and play places, which is nice where before when I was in a seven piece ska band and we'd get a December show, it's like you're loading all your shit in. It's, you know. Yeah. I, I, I bet that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, what all show, like, uh, what was your first show that you played? How did that go? Um, first like show show would be at my high school. They had this like outdoor festival at the end of the year. So I was like 16 and, um, me and my buddy got really into like post rock type stuff, explosions in the sky, uh, Godspeed, you black emperor, that kind of thing. And we wanted to make a post rock band. So we got a drummer and we auditioned, we sent in a video to our school or whatever this, so they set us up on the stage and, um, we just wrote a bunch of jams in like a month, which like seems impressive, but like, it's like post rock jams. So you just pick two chords, then you play them for 17 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun. I still like that stuff. Um, it's a good time. But then immediately after that show, my friend who I started the band with moved to um, Austin, Texas. So that was disbanded. Um, but then at that show, 
the, the uh, there was this band called Wildcard. They were a ska band, and they saw me play. And they were at the time they were having like some drama with their guitarist, so they ended up kicking him out. And then they asked me to join, and I was with uh, them for four years. That was a lot of fun. Oh wow! Um, but for one thing, I never liked ska that much to begin with. It was just like I wanted opportunities to play out. Right. Um, I really like Streetlight. Do you know Streetlight Manifesto? Mm-mm. They're, I mean, they're not even specifically ska. They do a lot of like jazz Latin influence stuff. Oh, that's cool. But I still enjoy them, but the rest of the stuff I don't really listen to. And um, we basically just turned into like a bar cover band, which is like cool. Well, yeah. Um, but just not something I wanted to like spend my time on. So uh, we all, and everyone was like going to college in different places. So then that kind of just dissolved in um, maybe two years ago. Because um, I was, I put out freshman and sophomore while I was still in that band. So maybe two years ago. And um, yeah, so now I've just been doing the solo thing. Wow. So you have had a lot of musical experience. Yeah. And well, actually, before that show, I grew up, um, I have like a very religious background. And um, I grew up just like playing in church was my first. So it wasn't like a show, but probably when I was, if I started guitar when I was eight, maybe when I was 10, I started, um, it was the first time I played in church. And then I would go to like a youth group and I was in the band there, uh, which I guess you can, it's not really a show. It, it counts <laughs> for the purposes of yeah. this. It counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. That's about it. So um, one thing I was wondering, are, are you planning on doing a senior album since to sort of finish out the, yes. Okay. You are not the first person to ask me that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's not really I, an uh, original question. No, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I had, I had it planned to do in order. And then, um, I just started writing these animal songs and I was like, I really like these ones. So I just started doing that. And then, um, I actually have another album that I'm working on right now. And then after that will be, um, senior, oh, okay. but that one, I'm trying to get that one out by the end of the year. It's, um, folky, it's called a century ago and it's 12 songs inspired by events that happened in 1917. Oh, wow. So I'm really trying to push that out by the end of the year because otherwise it won't be a century ago right well hey um, i like that idea that's really awesome yeah thanks. i can't wait to it's hear a that. Li- it's a bit more um just because the historical stuff it deals with is a bit more serious i still think there's a little bit of my personality in there but it's kind of a different thing i've never done um kind of history inspired things i kind of um sufjan stevens does a lot of that in like michigan and mm-hmm. illinois and stuff so i like a lot of his stuff and it's very folky i wanted to do so that album will have no uh, no drums. Actually, it's no drums or it's no um, electric instruments. It's all acoustic. So oh wow, so my guitar, um, just percussion, um, banjo, ukulele, that kind of thing. And then, so then after that, so next year basically is when I'm going to try and get senior out. It'll be like mid 2018 probably, because I'm trying to. I have most of it finished, but I'm I really want to get because I've never done it before. I want to get some real drums on that. So I'm going to try and get some. I have a I mean, I have a bunch of friends that play drums, but I'm trying to convince one of them um, to play drums on it. So that's why I'm kind of, I'd rather just wait and really get, because I, I mean, I think the electronic drums work all right, but oh, yeah, the one thing do. to make them sound real, it's like a, a ton of work and um, it's still, no matter what, it's still just not totally real. And there's like a lot of, because I'm not a drummer, like I can hold a beat, but I'm not a drummer. So it'll be cool to have like you know, fills and just really intricate stuff. Cause I know a bunch of great drummers that'd be good for it. 
So I'd kind of just rather, I'm just going to wait and try and get some real drums on it as the main reason. Well, that makes sense. So if you could work with, um, with any other artists living or dead on, on your next album, who would it be? Hmm. I saw that on the PDF you sent me beforehand and I was like, I should think about that. And then I forgot about it. <laughs> well, sorry um, to catch you off guard. <laughs> probably, no, <laughs> uh, probably John, uh, John Darnielle from the mountain goats. Uh, he's my favorite songwriter of all time. So. Yeah, I think that would be because I was listening to them today to kind of get a feel. And I think it would be a good collaboration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. Because he never, I mean, he doesn't work with other vocalists, really. Maybe here and there. But it'd be cool to to do maybe a, like a lyric collaborate. Maybe I, if I guess I would, it'd be cool. We would write the lyrics together and I would do all the music and then he would sing it. It's probably my dream. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. All right. Um, if you had to pick one of your songs from any album to to sort of somebody who hasn't listened to your music to sort of define it or give them an intro, what what song or songs do you think you would choose? Hmm. Um. I think in terms of like like Y2K, I'm thinking, but that is very bare bones musically, and there's a lot of other. I would say maybe the insect song. Um, it's newer, but I think it's a good representation of the kind of music and production that I do, um, as well as like, it's got both the spoken word thing, which I do a lot, and a sung chorus. So I think that kind of has a bit of everything that I do. I think that's a good choice. I really like that song. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Territorial Noise. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed getting to hang out with Nate. We'll definitely want to have him back after his new album comes out. In the meantime, make sure you follow him on all of his social media and find his music on Bandcamp. If you want to follow Territorial Noise, we're on Twitter at Territorial Noise minus the E. We're also at Facebook.com slash Territorial Noise. And as of last week, we're available on iTunes and Google Play, so you can subscribe there. Or as always, listen at our homepage at sparklivestream.com. We'll be back next week with an all-new interview, so stick around. But to end this show, here is Nate's song, Y2K, from the album Junior. Stopped rewinding my VHS rentals weeks ago Blockbuster called my house, I've still got three on loan I don't care, I don't care, I don't care I'm preparing for the last days The kids at school all say that I'm crazed I never liked them anyway They laugh cause I always sport the same cargo pants But it's just that I packed all my jeans and my slacks And my t-shirts and tube socks and sweaters and scarves I can't predict the climate but I know CPR This is how I'll survive the 90s This is how I'll make it out alive This is how I'll survive the 90s This is how I'll come out still alive I've got three suitcases full of non-perishable food goods Hidden beneath my bed I can't wait for the millennium to end 
or for that douchebag on my bus to drop dead. I've got 52 weeks worth of meager allowances combined with the funds earned from shoveling driveways stuffed in a strong box on the floor of my closet where fire or flood can either burn it nor rot it. This is how I'll survive being 15 The Armageddon holds such brighter days for me This is how I'll survive being 15 The Armageddon holds such brighter days for me The end is nigh as I sigh I can feel it the apocalypse will hit and I'll be the only one to deal with it And heal the world and witness all my classmates who had cursed me Turn to dirt beneath my feet screaming that they're thirsty As I sip a big ass milk jug that I filled with filtered water Who the hell knew that how could get any hotter? Y2K, here I come I've got my N64 and my BB gun. Y2K.